It all starts in one place. Pain starts with, number one, I'll put it down at the bottom here, a feeling of loss. A feeling of loss. Now, can you ever really lose anything? Only if you perceive that there's a loss. Is that true? Are you following me on this now for a second? You can only feel loss if you perceive it. In other words, you have to tell yourself there's a loss. You have to communicate that you lost something. No matter how many mistakes you make or how slow you progress, you are still way ahead of everyone who isn't trying. Tony Robbins. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome back to another episode of A Role Model. You've come to the right place if you are looking for growth. And on today's episode, the one and only Tony Robbins steps by. I'm so freaking excited. In November this year, I'm going to go visit one of his events, which is Unleash the Power Within. In November in I think it's Palm Beach. I should know, but <laughs> I think there are some tickets left. Most of the tickets will be probably already sold out um, because, I mean, it's a Tony Robbins event, but check it out. I will put a link into the description box. I'm so, so excited. So I thought, you know what? Today I'll share a speech by Tony Robbins and it's all about controlling your mind. And I want you to listen really carefully when he starts talking about pain and pain starts when we think we lose something but loss itself is just something that happens in our head nothing nothing ever disappears in the universe it only changes form such an incredible speech at the end of the speech you will hear different people talk will smith many great other people um, the entire speech is on youtube you'll find the link in the description box i would say without further ado here is mr tony robbins nothing in life has any meaning except the meaning that i give it you're the one that puts the label on what things mean and the last time you were with me, I gave you a phrase when we talked about transformational vocabulary. If you recall, transformational vocabulary is the idea that we get all these pictures and sounds and feelings and sensations start to come in our body, but we don't know what it means till we put a label on it. So you get all these things and they feel uncomfortable, they feel kind of painful, and you call that humiliation. Will that intensify the feeling more than if you say, you know, I'm a little frustrated? Yes or no? You better believe it. The label we put on our experience becomes our experience. And we are the person doing the labeling. Now, granted, I'll agree that most of us are on automatic pilot. We're using a labeling and a communication process that we don't even think about consciously. And we can easily point to other people and show how they created that feeling for us. And certainly they helped us to get into state. They helped us by giving us some feedback, but we still determine the feeling. I give you an example. I was in Hawaii recently. I couldn't believe it. I read this article and then I saw the thing on TV where they interviewed this guy. He was out swimming and the shark came and bit his leg off. Yeah. You'd think you'd be fairly upset. Why would you be upset if, some, if you lost your leg? After the initial pain, why would you stay upset? Because of the meaning you'd link to that, right? What would be the meaning that would make you feel, feel upset all the time? 
That's right, the meaning of loss, that you had lost something. See, almost all pain, all pain you're ever going to feel in your life, the pain that people have that makes them upset, it all starts with, there's, I, I call it emotional anatomy. It all starts in one place. Pain starts with, number one, I'll put it down at the bottom here, a feeling of loss. A feeling of loss. Now, can you ever really lose anything? Only if you perceive that there's a loss. Is that true? Are you following me on this now for a second? You can only feel loss if you perceive it. In other words, you have to tell yourself there's a loss. You have to communicate that you've lost something. This man was not upset. In fact, he was concerned about the shark. Yeah, you say, this guy's on drugs. No, he was sincere. Because his belief was that, number one, he was responsible, not the shark, because he was, he was a swimmer and he knew that in the area he was there were sharks, and if he's thrashing around on the top, they think it's a turtle, they'll come after him. But his concern was that people were so upset about it that people were going to go out and rage and kill the sharks in that area. How's that for sorting by others instead of sorting by self? So the meaning for him was, this was a learning experience. That's what it meant to him. For other people, it means, I'm maimed for life. With a different meaning that he communicated. If he would have said, I'm maimed for life, I'll never be the same. You know, I can never accomplish anything. I'll never, a woman will never be attracted to me. I'll be a gimp for the rest of my life. If he would have linked those meanings, do you think he would have been in the same state, yes or no? No way. By the way, maybe this is temporary, right? I don't know. I don't know this guy. I'm not going to be around a long time to meet him. But I can tell you for years what I've done is interview people who are absolutely what I think are spiritual masters. What I mean by spiritual masters is not flying to the east and meeting somebody who sits and meditates. I mean somebody who doesn't have the use of their legs or their arms and lives in absolute joy and is totally loving and tries to figure out how to contribute to other people. To me, that's a spiritual master. And I'll tell you what, there's tons of them. And they're my friends now because I go to learn from them. You know what I find out? They have developed belief systems that have helped them to interpret human behavior in a way that causes them not to be upset. Because no matter what happens, they finally figured out something. If you want to succeed in life, figure out how it works and then do it that way. Not the way you think it should be. See, what most of us do is we run around in life with all these rules about how life should be, about how you should be, about how you should be, how doctors should be, how staff should be, how patients should be. But you know how they're going to be? How they really are. Not how you want them to be. And then every time they don't meet your criteria, rah, you communicate to yourself, it's time to be annoyed. <laughs> or maybe a more intense word. Is that true? When you have an upset, of any sort, you're feeling some negative emotion. It always comes down to really you have a feeling of what? Loss. Loss. But do you ever really lose? No, you don't ever lose anything. It just changes form. Hey, nothing in the entire universe ever disappears. Nothing. Not your physical body, not rocks, not stones, nothing. Everything in the uniform, universe transforms from one form to another. You take water, you try and destroy it, let's say you boil it, what does it become? Steam. Everything in the world transforms to a higher level. It's always transforming. You gotta realize you can't lose anything. You can transform things, but you can't lose anything. Second thing is, if you really wanna shift, then the fastest way to change your life is to get back in the growth mode. I don't care what it is, if you wanna know what makes people happy, it's one word, progress. It's not achievement. Achievement gives you happiness for a moment or maybe a week or whatever. Whatever it is you think you've got, when you get there, it doesn't last because life is growth.
We're either growing or we're dying. We all know the phrase, but it's because it's true. You know, phrases that have been overused and sound stupid at this point, the reason they've been overused is because they're accurate. If you're gonna be alive, progress is it. If you want your body to feel alive, you gotta make progress. If you want your relationship to be alive, there's gotta be progress. If people experience progress, they are happy. If they don't, they won't be. I don't care what they achieve, I don't care where they go. So progress, if you're gonna make it, the first place to start to get it is be like a kid again. It's getting people to break their patterns. All the problems in relationships are based on patterns. You interrupt the pattern that doesn't work, it's so easy. But to do that, you gotta break your own. To do that, you gotta have enough energy. So what I'm gonna ask you to do is to be a kid again. Because when you're a kid, you try anything, right? Kids will do anything. If a kid tries something that doesn't work, they don't feel like a failure. They just get up and try something else. But if an adult tries something that doesn't work, they go, did anybody see that? No, never doing that crap again. It's bizarre. So here's what I believe. What's missing from relationships, what's missing from people's lives. Most people have a low standard for what they expect from themselves. That's it. That's it. Sorry to be so simple, but that's it. And so the way to raise your stand around is get around where it's better and let something hit you. Because most people don't have great role models. And when it comes to physical body, I started to notice all my friends talking about, oh, I'm getting old. They were 48, 45 years old, 40. So I decided I'm gonna spend the next year interviewing people that are over the age of 65. I'm gonna seek them out and find them who are role models for me because I want people over age 65 that are extreme athletes that are performing better than 25 and 30 year olds. Because I'm gonna find out what it is that makes them tick because that's what I want. I want a long, passionate, extraordinary life. So the first woman I found, 72 years old, Sister Madonna, Catholic nun who did not exercise in any consistent way till she was 40. At 40, she was getting a little plump, decided she was gonna go for a little walk. And each day she walked a block further. Within a year, she was running 10Ks, and then all of a sudden, marathons. And from the age of 40, picture this, to the age of 72 when I interviewed her, over those 32 years, she ran more than 350 Ironmen. Now, I mean, this is unbelievable. I want you to picture this. Waking up on your 72nd birthday, excuse me, 71st birthday, you fly to Hawaii to celebrate your 71st birthday. You wake up that morning and decide the way you're gonna celebrate your birthday is to run an Ironman. So you get up in the morning, you're 71 on your birthday and you run a marathon. Then after your marathon, you go for what? A two and a half mile swim. Then after that, you jump on your bike for 100 miles. Now picture this, you're at mile 45 roughly, and you are passing 35-year-old men. Better yet, pretend you're the 35-year-old man that a 71-year-old woman is passing. <laughs> Sister Madonna got to mile, I forget the exact mile, but about 67, 68, 69. She was more than three quarters. She only has like 25 miles to go and the whole thing's done. And she's on the big island of Hawaii. And if you've not been there, it's beautiful, but it's desolate. Because you know what's happened is there's no trees. All the lavas come down and wiped out everything. So it's very rocky, and since there's no blockage, there's lots of wind, and the wind's picking up, and it's coming right at her, and she's coming to the end of this thing. She's, you know, maybe got 25 miles to go, and the wind's picked up to 35 miles an hour, then almost 40 miles an hour, and she became a flying nun. It picked the wind, smacked her and her bike, lifted her and smashed her on the rocks. She broke her hip, split her clavicle, cut her face. They took her away in an ambulance. The next year, they started to vote, and they were deciding that they were not gonna let anybody over the age of 55 do this, because it's too dangerous. So she protested and came up and did it again at the age of 72 and completed it. How's that for some determination, huh? Think of those standards. Think of what's possible. You know, the average person, I'm tired, I'm stressed, and they're 50, right? I interviewed a man 98 years old, 
A way I met him is at the New York City, each year they have a race up the Empire State Building, up the stairs. And obviously most people running are 20, 25, 30 years old, maybe 35, 98 years old, running up the Empire State Building steps as a warm up to the Boston Marathon. So here's what I say to you. If you want to bring a gift back to the clients you work with, the first one you better bring is a renewed energy. A different standard of what you expect from yourself because the energy is transferred to people. Words by themselves don't do it. If you take these words and you think of words like a little stick pin, you know, you buy a boss room with a little stick pin, that's a word and I throw it at you. Will you feel it? Maybe. But if you wire to the back of it an iron bar called emotion, boom, you can put that right through somebody's heart. And it's hard to do that if you don't rejuvenate yourself. You know, they're physical. The, the way they physically feel, because I felt like it a hundred times, and then I worked out, and then I felt way better. When life collapses on you and catch you on the blind side, what reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. Because when life had knocked me down, I said, life, I'm doing this because I want to make my mama proud of me. I'm doing this because I want my children to have a better life than what I had. I'm doing this because all my life I've been told I'd be a loser, that I wouldn't make it. I'm doing this to make them a lie. I believe like Frank Sinatra, he said, the best revenge in life is massive success. I'm doing this so I can become massively successful. Talent you have naturally. Skill is only developed by hours and hours and hours of beating on your craft. Only thing that I see that is distinctly different about me is I'm not afraid to die on a treadmill. Right? Fear working and thinking and striving and relentlessly trying to be more prepared for battle. So, I want you to be afraid of failing. I was. Or laying in bed for an extra 48 minutes will make you happy right now. So there's lots of things that'll make you happy right now, but in the long run, they don't do anything for you. They make you soft. They make you weak. But I tell you, there are some times in life where you fall down and you feel like you don't have the strength to get back up. And fear comes in. Just that fear paralyzes you. And I just want to ask you today, do you think you have hope? And the more brilliant you are, the more you're going to be tested in life. And if you know that you were designed to do some pretty important stuff, well then, you know that what comes with that are bigger and bigger tests. So if you understand who you are now, constantly comparing yourself to something else or somebody else who you should be, that means there's a ping pong match there. And that means there's an opponent, okay? That means that there's something going on that's saying you should be that person. And that's what I mean by you can't mentally lower your expectations. It was hard, ladies and gentlemen. It was very difficult. To pick myself up each day believing that I could do it. There were times that I doubted myself. 
and say, God, why, why is this happening to me? I'm just trying to take care of my children and my mother. I'm not trying to steal or rob from anybody. Why did this have to happen to me? It was very hard. And here's what I want to say to you. For those of you that have experienced some hardships, don't give up on your dream. 